seventh grade, I uh, was taught a very important method. I was taught about the five-paragraph ethic. I see people shaking their heads. Ah, oh good, the old five-paragraph essay, right? So much a part of our our upbringing. Of course, the five-paragraph essay looks like this, right? For those of you who didn't have dignified lessons or forgotten us lessons, the five-paragraph essay looks like this. Uh, You have an opening intro paragraph, and that opening intro paragraph lays out the curriculum and what you're being talking about, but it also has a key and important Then everything that comes after in the five-paragraph essay, the next three paragraphs, for instance, are supposed to illustrate and elucidate and bring out that thesis, right? Illustrate why that thesis statement is so incorrect and foolish, and therefore must be avowed and rejected. And then, of course, you have the conclusion, and in the conclusion, you have the sort of restating of the thesis statement. And the you know sort of culminating. This is what I kind of do in paragraph one, two, and three. You know that gets me to five paragraph essay, and it, it becomes. I mean, you know, useful or not, it's sort of something that I just sort of kept with me. It's something that I use throughout the years. It finds its way into sermons, for instance, right? Not exactly, but but that idea of the thesis statement is absolutely. venture to you today that Jesus gives you his thesis statement for the gospel of Christ. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come. Repent and believe in the gospel. That is does any of that mean, right? Well, like a good thesis statement, that gets sort of illustrated in the body of work that will come after. It will get revealed as Jesus moves through the world. It will become illustrated as Jesus interacts with people, as he uh, heals and teaches and and chastises be revealed through what Jesus does in his thesis statement and at the same time let's unpack it a little bit right here today before we can hear what else will come after in Mark chapter 4 so the time is fulfilled His ministry, his work, 
the states have already been knocked off. In between the, the coming, the, the fulfillment that has already been revealed, the coming of Jesus, and the fulfillment that is yet to be revealed, that will come in the end. I am not afraid. Because it's in story form, it just keeps bringing home throughout this gospel. Did you notice how many times we've heard in just this passage, in these five verses, the word immediately? Immediately, he does this. Immediately, he calls uh, Simon Peter and Andrew. Immediately, he calls uh, James and John. Immediately. Why? Because he says the same thing twice in this passage. Because he is coming soon. And that's the hope that we give God for ourselves. And I want us to turn to repent. What do you hear when you hear that word? For many of us, I think we hear, oh, I'm supposed to feel guilty. I'm supposed to feel bad for all the bad things that I've done. I'm a horrible person. I've got to feel bad about myself. Therefore, I'm going to repent. And I think that there's a part of that, well, at least a part of, of that, that's true, right? This idea of recognizing maybe the harm that we have caused to our actions and our words. It's not a bad thing to acknowledge. In fact, it's absolutely a good thing to acknowledge.
was revealed wherever there is fear, wherever there is hope, wherever there is desperation and desperation, wherever there is forgiveness and forgiveness. That's what the kingdom of God is. That's why I like to use this expression that the kingdom of God is, is in breaking into our world. And what I mean by that and why I say that is in Last 
This is what God does. God calls. This is what God does. 